0: said, well, you're our wonderful gay leader, and we need you to go down. Will you suck dick to fix this water problem?
1: All right, welcome back, Analysis listeners. Excited to have you guys on here. I... Have a couple of friends on the line here from Denver, Colorado that would do just about anything to get some trucks of water across the border. Say hi to Mike Hammond and Jordan Harris.
2: What's up? Holla. It's murder.
1: (laughs) What's going on, nerds?
2: Nothing. much. Just hanging out. Got the Hulu doc in the background ready to roll.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got a... We're just immersed this has taken over my entire weekend i ran to get you guys on the line so we could get an episode out of here on these fire documentaries so a couple of weeks ago maybe about a week ago i had a couple of people asking me hey have you seen these fire documentaries have you have, have you done an episode on your podcast about these fire documentaries i'm like what the fuck is fire documentaries what i was like it's on netflix it's on netflix and uh, then and then more people started asking me and it almost was a little bit like our Bird Box conversation about how this, this is kind of getting shared and people are getting on the bandwagon and a lot of people, this is part of their discussion. So I, over the weekend, had a friend of the podcast, Barry, over and we got some 312 beers and threw on this Netflix documentary and it has pretty much consumed me ever since. Barry's coming on later to talk about a different movie, so I, I decided to have you guys on because some of my feelings that I had towards this documentary and just about post-culture or influencers or how things are marketed right now and its very big themes in this documentary uh, is, are some of the things that we were discussing when we brought up Bird Box. So I'm excited to have you guys
0: on to talk about this. How are you guys feeling right now? Well, there's all that, Bob. Plus, it's just fucking funny, man. This shit is hilarious. <laughs> <can't>, it's seriously <laughs> blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, you just can't make some shit up, and this is one of those things.
1: Yeah, it's it. It really is fascinating and noteworthy, and I'm not surprised. It, it, it's very strange that Hulu and Netflix have essentially made two rival documentaries about the exact same subject and I don't even think it's overkill and people are fire crazy right now a lot of people want to have conversations about this and it reminds me a little bit about how a couple years back the nation went kind of OJ crazy and you had the ESPN documentary and the television series with David Schwimmer come out and somehow strangely the Jenners are attached to both of those and (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's – it's um, but, but let's get into it. So, uh, yeah, basically uh, on a Tuesday in the middle of the month, uh, Hulu released a documentary called Fire Fraud, which is about this – and when it happened, I had heard something about it, but it was about this music festival in the Bahamas that was this epic failure, and people were stranded in essentially uh, – tents um, refugee tents without any water uh, they were pro- promised this kind of luxury vacation concert and then a few days later Netflix came out with their own and I think each approaches the topic uh, with with a different perspective but I think together they make just a very well-rounded uh, case for, Instagram, lifestyle, posting, influencers, the danger and just the, the, the odd place that we've gotten to as a society. And, and it's a lot of what I've been just thinking and, and talking about over the last couple of years in terms of my personal relationship to social media. And I just, I, I can't get enough of it. And I really don't know where I wanna start off <laughs> with this where, where do you, you guys you guys both watched the netflix one what were your first impressions on it
2: well i think for me all the stuff you said there is true this really came to a head showing the social influencers the self-branding of really what social media has become where it's not really about who you are it's about what you're doing and who you're doing it with and the influence that has in everybody I agree with all that. To me, and I think maybe Jordan might agree also, the business side of this to me is the most fascinating part. The, all the Okay, tell me involved, more. All the people involved with this, look, I don't think they should be in prison, obviously, and I think there are some good candid moments from the people involved in this that aren't Billy and Ja Rule and what was his friend's name? The, the Yeah, like head of marketing. Clark. That, yeah, Clark.
0: Yeah. Uh, Clark was real D-bag. Yes. He, yeah, mm-hmm. he was
2: terrible, but... The other people in it, though, it's fascinating the cult of personality our generation's developed with these companies. And it really all does start, I think, with Steve Jobs and everyone wanting to be that in this startup sense, where if you just have a crazy idea and you're an air quotes like visionary on something, people just follow you off a cliff. In this case, when it's so obvious that they're professionals and they have some background in how to like work in a business sense and they, they weren't able to walk away from this, that But certain people walked away from it and I want to talk about some of those people because I think it's really interesting. And the rest just were kind of fine with it. And I, I find it fascinating that so many of those people did that and no one else walked away.
0: Yeah, we're sort of both in this world, you and I, Mike, working for startup companies. So we're somewhat familiar with the process of pitching your company to a group of investors, raising money. Uh, justifying your business, doing due diligence with investors, and all the, and how the normal processes that you go through. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's difficult, right? It's, it's not an easy thing to do. And uh, the fact that this guy just went out there and raised whatever he raised, $25 million, uh, just by making essentially an interesting marketing campaign, really sort of highlights a flaw in that whole system. Um, and to touch on what you were talking about, Mike, is there's this sort of uh what's the word I'm thinking of here, this sort of like a pathway to success that has been established in Silicon Valley that as long as you're popular, you can figure out the rest later in terms of Mm -hmm. making a big business case. Uh, And that's always been one of those things that at least I think in uh, the world that we live in with our jobs and talking to investors, that people have always been kind of saying like, when is this gonna come to a head? Mm -hmm. Um, Because sure, there's some great companies that get popular and then figure it out, but That's not a very conventional way of doing things. And this just really highlighted when things go wrong, like how bad they can go. Uh, It's
1: the perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. This is in the the Hulu documentary, which is why I I, I preferred the Netflix one because it was more immersive and it gave more inside perspective in terms of why we decided to do this. A lot of the people that were in the project and it gave you perspective on kind of the thing that Mike was questioning on why are these people even around here and how did they not walk from this project three months before it completely went to shit. But but the Hulu one does a, a great job of giving you the Billy McFarland aspect of it and you they say he's kind of this ultimate used car salesman and this fucking former cran hustler from <laughs> his grade school but it's this it's this social media a- attack and in, in, in the, I think in the the Hulu one they say they weaponized social media and the, and kind of the the business sense of it or the fact that there wasn't any business behind it, it, it it's just fascinating to me right and then and then it's just this it's this ultimate like they they use the metaphor of the snowball that i thought was really effective in the hulu documentary of this it's this it's this giant snowball rolling rolling down the hill where you've got the the tech boom in silicon valley and you've got instagram and influencers and then you've got this dude that's kind of born in this era and he's the ultimate like rah-rah millennial turd who actually happened to go to Cornell. Ever heard of it? But (laughs) he, like and it's just like this dude is like the the perfect engine of all this terrible that's been made up and he just kind of just takes a dump all over your Instagram or all over your Twitter feed and here we are cleaning up the mess. Right, but he
2: couldn't have done that without these other companies like Fuck Jerry and some of these other partners he had. All the influencers that just wanted to be part of it. It really is Billy's story in terms of the fraud but all these other people were complicit in it and I think I would have really liked one of them to be like we just wanted the money like we saw this guy like the one guy like the one marketing guy said he gave like a 36 million dollar estimate for what this was gonna cost like he gave him a preliminary thing that wasn't the Mm -hmm. Netflix one and at the end it's like okay that's fine it's like no one just says okay that's fine to 36 million dollars I think a lot of these people we're like, I get paid. Like a lot of them were like, we don't get paid unless we stay through this, and we wanna get paid. And So there is this part of like, you were trying to make money off this, like you're part of yeah. this organization. A little
0: bit of responsibility yeah. from all the different parties involved would have been nice. The yoga guy had said
1: that he was going to be more vocal with the investors in regards to what was actually happening in the plans of the festival, but he wasn't going to get his fee, they weren't going to pay him until the end of the fest and they had basically dangled that as leverage over him. Like, yeah. if you go to the investors and you spill the beans on this, we're not going to pay you for that. And so he did have some sort of – although I actually really sympathize with that guy, the yoga dude. I, I, well, he, he was the most He did have some, sure. some at stake.
2: For sure, that, that came out. He had something written in an email. I don't know. If it's me, it's hard to say if I were there what I would do, but don't you think your career as a whole is worth more than 70% of a payment at a festival? Like, I would – you'd think some of these people would have been gone and some of them were, right? Some of them were like, I can't do this. I love the pilot, that was awesome.
0: And again, from a business perspective, right? When you pitch your company, like ideas are easy. Execution is difficult. It's the hardest part. And when anybody's, you know, people just don't give out money. Like investors just don't hand out cash. And you know, one of the first questions you always get asked is, who's your team? Who are the experts here that are gonna execute on this vision that you have? Because what you're proposing is not easy. -hmm. And these guys had fucking nobody. Like, all those guys were just yahoos that were like willing to, like,
2: (laughs) there's one quote in there. There's one quote in there where they're like, Billy handles all the financing. It's like, it's actually a CFO is supposed to do that. That's supposed to be delegated to a team of people. Why would you get on board at a company where one guy does the funding, spends all the money, does everything? That's not an organized fashion, a way to run anything. And you would think anybody involved in that would be like, This is a bit odd. I don't really understand. And maybe they were. But I think that's the other side of the, of the millennial coin. They're not all old people, but the, a lot of them are our age or kind of you know that, that millennial generation. I think they want them to be a part of it. They want to work with this cool company. They want to tell people they're part of this thing, even on a work experience side of it, not just the Instagram consumer side. That's why I think the business side's so interesting because without that sort of intangible thing, I just don't think that happens you know, 30 years ago or something. This is a Definitely movie. not. And the guy, the guy is <laughs> and
1: infectious. And they talk about in both, both documentaries, they talk about how he was able to spin things, this exuberant amount of energy, just constantly positive. That, that, that can only take you so far, but he was kind of using one scam to pay off another. And it
0: was a yeah, scam.
1: Exa- exa- exactly, exactly. So, you know, oh, he's going to promise everybody Beyonce tickets. And in order to pay for the, the, the overhead that he had in the Beyonce tickets, he has a bunch of people invest money in something more expensive, more... more difficult to get into, like Hamilton, so all these people buy what they think are discounted Hamilton tickets, but they're really paying for the other people's Beyonce tickets, and then he's got to step it up and step it up, and I wonder how this guy was able to put himself to sleep every night with just the the amount of stress on, when the fuck is this going to fall apart on me, you know? And he just really wanted to live the lifestyle and he wanted to, he didn't want to just show the lifestyle on Instagram, but he wanted to feel like he was a part of the world. And it's, it's a fascinating character study and in just what people value today. And that's to me, I I, I completely understand you guys in in the business angle of it. And and that's fascinating in its own right, but just the, what this shows about millennial lifestyle. And we're right, on the, we're right on that edge of are we millennials
0: or are we not? So all three of us are 32. That's another thing that really blew my mind about this is because as they define it, and I forget the age range that they give, but we're born in 86. And that was within the, the age range for millennials. But I think one of the, the big differences for us in our relationship with social media is that we were out of college by the time uh, we got smartphones. And we were out of college by the time Instagram became ubiquitous and we were past our formative years at that point so we didn't have that same kind of social media pressure on us growing up that maybe a lot of people had uh, that, you know, so it's a little bit harder for us to, maybe it's easier for us to look and and criticize because we didn't go through that ourselves Um, but it is, it is fascinating But I can look at myself and be
1: open about it and vulnerable with you guys in that, you know, some of the things that these documentaries are bringing up of just about people identifying with the likes or people wanting to be attached to a movement. And you feel sometimes if you're not the the whole FOMO thing, Mm -hmm. it's just, you feel if you're not attached to the movement, it's like, Oh shit, I'm really missing out or something. Or if you, if you throw a post up and you only get 12 likes versus one of your friends that gets 300, you're like, Oh, I feel less important somehow. And that's something that, they were able to target and through very they were actually really smart in the way they marketed this stuff. I mean, the, the marketing was borderline genius in the way they were able to get the word out on this, and they targeted the most high-status influencers. They had them all launch it at the same time. People, people that had a high follow rate, you know, the, all these orange squares were coming out, and it was a link to this privileged lifestyle, and so, so all of that is was was really clever on their part but it also is just showing how like you said lemmings off of a cliff like people will will follow the, the pursuit of being a part of a movement till into their death essentially to, to, and you know they're, right. they're staying in in red cross tents you know and it's just like it's like fucking crazy and that's that's what's also really funny about it too because it's it's the ultimate irony is that they're chasing this this opportunity to post or to show how how much money i have or how many friends i have and instead what you get is filth and poverty and you're fucking terrified for your life and it's like well serves you right cuz that you're that's what you should get if you're always seeking that and that's the ultimate end goal of your life
0: one of the guys on the hulu doc had a really great quote that uh, i'm paraphrasing a bit but he said something along the lines of you know if it wasn't fraudulent and illegal it would actually be really funny but it was fraudulent and it was illegal and it's still you know a little funny because it it just (laughs) is funny watching like a bunch of like you know rich kids who thought they were gonna go to this island and have this amazing party just Totally get let down.
2: Right. Off an Instagram video. Turned into Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Just off an Instagram video and really nothing else. They weren't even getting information before the event on where to go. No one had ever done it before. It's 48 hours, right? The one guy was like, I was at the conference in Vegas and everyone was laughing at how ridiculous this event would be and how it was impossible. Then they sold it out in two days, which is insanely rare. It doesn't happen to have an event the first time and sell it out.
0: Before they even planned the event. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. right. right. It's, such, it's so bold. And that's where the funniest part, too, in that uh, there's some quote where it's like, Firefest did happen. It was the marketing video, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's true. They, just ended there. They drank a bunch of beer yeah, yeah. The, and there were models, <laughs> and they they got. There to was a fire Firefest. fest.
1: It was just for sixty
0: people. Yeah. Yeah. Right, not right, and they Six thousand,
2: and then they stole everyone's money off of it. I mean, it is genius on its face, but it's. A they used it. everyone's
0: it money so the sixty of them could go party their asses and have a great time, and then nobody else got to. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's really. I thought
1: one of the things that I put a smile on my face was they said. This whole thing was launched off of a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar Kendall Jenner post and all these model influencers and whatnot. But the whole thing was brought down by some kid that has three hundred followers taking a picture of cheese and bread. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And and that's and and it's like you were built on social media and you are the laughing stock of the entire country for basically three years now. But you're the all on all on social media. Yeah. So it's just I I just. I, I just know that there's, there's, there's museums in Chicago right now that exist only for Instagram opportunities. And people go there and they pay money just to basically have a bunch of scenes that they can take photos with, with their friends to, to show how they're... In the movie
2: Searching, we, we texted about this, which I liked. They had that part where that girl was interviewed by the police or by the dad and said she never knew the girl. And then after the thing happened, she posted this Facebook thing where she was crying and like, I miss this girl so much. She was my best friend. So I definitely get what you're saying. There's like a, if it didn't happen on the internet, it didn't happen. Yeah. And there's a level of that happening now where I think people feel pressure to make a grand statement with everything they're doing instead of just letting it be what it is.
0: Eighth Grade's another great movie that uh, touches on social oh, yeah. media and kids' lives as well. Yeah, or even there was a there
1: was a musical that came out called Dear Evan Hansen, which had some of these themes in there as well. But just, I, I just think, it's just fraudulent things make me very upset and, and having motives and just, I, just when you're watching those douches get on those plates like, going to Bahamas, yeah, blang, blang. I'm like, fuck, dude, fuck <laughs> these people. And I, I, just it was it was everything I had been feeling in re, in my relationship to because I'm I'm guilty of this stuff, guys. Like I'm I'm also hypocritical because I do post on you know I went to the Bahamas I actually went to the Bahamas and took photos with dolphins and like posted them and I'm like fuck like what's what, now I'm thinking back and so like, what what were my motives in that and you know I, I it's like am I guilty of this shit too probably you know but it's just. We're, we're in Do you guys
0: follow time. famous people on Instagram? Huh? I, do you follow famous people on Instagram? No, I do not. Me either. No. So, that's a, I think that's and a little at the bit time, different. For I us didn't too. even
2: know this was happening. The Fire Festival, I never even heard of it until the scam came out. But that viral post stuff, I didn't see any of that, which tells you I'm not hooked in at all with these people.
0: <laughs> I remember Fault hearing about on. it when shit was going south and it was kind of obvious that they were totally unprepared and it was a scam. And I remember mm-hmm. hearing about how. There was supposed to be a music fest for a bunch of rich kids, and it became a total disaster. But that was about the end of it. Yeah, mine. I had I had third or fourth hand
1: information, so it was basically like John Rule scammed a bunch of people into going to the Bahamas, and they got there, and there was no water. That's kind of the story that I had heard. But I just it, it really does show <laughs> the power of the influence, and 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 how it even relates to marketing of art. And we were talking about how just. Bird Box became this phenomenon this very average movie just becomes this huge phenomenon because they had targeted social media as their marketing platform and it was like really smart to do and it just it, it, it's a new world and it's been like this for a while but my eyes are becoming more open and more understanding to it I guess and a lot of it's through this documentary.
0: We have to talk about Ja Rule. I was going to say, I want to talk about Ja Rule. (laughs) He was the star of the Netflix. He's in the Netflix documentary, just getting trashed in every scene and just yelling nonsense.
2: Yeah, making no sense at all. Let that guy be on TV, talk about the company as a brand ambassador, and he had no idea what he was doing. At one
0: point, they asked him to talk about FireFest and he actually didn't know what anything to say about it. He was like, I'm going to let my buddy talk about FireFest. My Fest. boy Billy well, falling. <laughs> yeah,
2: and the app they were going to develop was supposed to be the Uber of booking private events or booking like, you know, famous people. Like, who's having a birthday party and wants Ja Rule to come to the birthday party? And like, how much people money would you want really that. that. There's
1: clearly a oh, market man. for that.
0: Dude, how well, fucking funny and, is it that Dave Chappelle has a bit on how nobody should give, give a shit, shit with Ja Rule sex. Where
1: <laughs> is Ja where is
0: Ja? That's, That's what I'm going to play funny, you guys man. out with today is the where
2: is oh, Ja? It's so Dude,
0: Dave. Dave Chappelle sniffed that shit out 10 years ago or whenever it was. Yeah, because there's,
2: there's like Dr. Dre that you know $3 billion beats by Dre deal. 50 Cent had like vitamin water. There are some people who have been successful. Ja <laughs> Rule's done nothing it at works. all in, in the business world <laughs> at all. Nothing. Why would you assume he would know anything about this?
1: Yeah, why is, why is a Ja Rule party on a deserted island something that you want to do i guess there's a bunch of models going and if if you think that's cool then whatever but yeah uh, just absolutely crazy absolutely crazy but just um provides some shines a light on on where we are as a society and it's it's going to be very interesting i got to go watch more dave Chappelle, and so he can predict the next
0: 10 years for me yeah and both of these docs are definitely worth watching oh different enough that just fascinating. You can fascinating cool. stuff. Yeah,
2: I did like the Hulu one better, just because the intro gave you the background on Billy, and I think gave better context for the millennial generation how this all could have happened. Whereas Netflix kind of jumped right into the festival right away. And It was more about the festival than it was the overall concept. It
1: did. It it, it spent more time on the social context of social media in general, and the other one was more of an immersive behind the scenes of this disaster event. So if you really just want to know about the fire fest definitely Netflix but Hulu gives you more of a wide ranging look at social media. Plus you also get the interviews with the dude. With the insane person. Billy McFarlane. So, Yeah.
2: Like when you lost the box of keys. That was great.
1: Yeah. But then again you know the the Netflix one does show you just people how it affected people surrounding and especially the, the, the Bohemian people and the staff and, and and that woman, actually, you know the woman who was the the owned the restaurant that they all had to go party at for eight hours because there yeah. nothing was ready. She, she's the
2: only one that paid people,
1: yeah, so she paid her staff fifty grand of her life savings, but of course, there was a GoFundMe that was launched, and she's actually made like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars
0: off the GoFundMe. yeah, it's awesome, so she actually the Netflix stock did also have that absolutely fantastic story from. Uh, the guy who was talking about oh, how he yeah. was about to go Gosh. suck some guy's dick for <laughs> water, water for the island. <laughs> yeah, for the the what
1: kind of water
2: was it? it Aquafina, like, <laughs> I think. Or... Yeah, it, was like, it was just. A... <laughs> it was, oh The man. best part of that story was he was like, "I went home, I took a shower, put some mouthwash <laughs> in my put mouth, in mouthwash." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. It's> like, <laughs> I got in my car fully like, expecting like, to like, I'm go. I'm just suck waiting this for him to stick. be like, and then I didn't do it, or <laughs> I didn't leave my house, or I called Billy back and said, "No, he
0: goes, he sits in the meeting."
2: i was fully prepared
0: <laughs> i got the impression too the guy on the other end it wasn't even like an arranged deal billy just told this guy go suck this <laughs> dude's dick not knowing whether the other guy like take one for the team even had any idea what was coming
1: yeah if i had to pick i guess you do have to watch the netflix one if, if you had to watch one or the other netflix because you, you don't get that a- amazing story in the hulu one <laughs> That's true uh, That's a good point. It. too God, funny. when he's on that staff meeting and he tells them all that they can quit if they want, but no one's gonna get paid if you don't quit, quit or if you don't quit, it's just like this dude is something else, man. And then he starts a fucking f- another fake company uh, while well, he's out on bail. Yeah, well, he's in jail now, right? Billy McFarland's in jail.
0: He's in yeah, jail now, but while months, he was out on bail, years. he started up some other scam company. <laughs>
2: And uh, scammed the same people who went to Five. Yeah, scammed the same people. Some people <laughs> fell for some it twice. went back to the well with that guy. <laughs> well,
1: I got this database full of 6,000. Rich kids. <laughs> yeah. See if the they wanna just took an
2: email list and just and just spam people. Ah, just targeting
1: like rich millennials and just scamming them over and over and over again. I wonder who's the dude that got scammed by every single one of them. Just kept yeah. falling over. <laughs> just Well, you know, I did have these Beyonce tickets from my Magnesis card that didn't come through, but dang this Firefest looks flame. Oh, I showed up. That was fucking <laughs> terrible. But you know, this like NYC VIP's telling me that they're gonna get me back. Stage to, to Jay Z, so it just like dude just keeps fucking getting burned over and over again.
2: <laughs> it's so great,
1: Ugh, man. Anyway, well, uh, any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap up on the Firefest?
2: I mean, I guess the only closing thought or final thought that I would have is something like this is gonna happen again for sure. There's really no safeguards put in to stop it from not happening again. Not necessarily a festival, but the viral marketing stuff, the gray area between what social media is now and what marketing is, and that no one's going to acknowledge that. These are marketing platforms, basically, now.
0: That these people are companies, but they're just, everyone's just skirting responsibility by saying, well, you yeah. know, it's just an Instagram post or something. Right.
2: I'm a social media guy. Like, chill out, bro. It's like, no, you're not. You're marketing an event or a business to somebody. There has to be a level of accountability there. I don't get how you fix that. So it's going to continue to happen. This kind of thing, I
1: think. Yeah, you basically just have to educate people that you shouldn't be influenced by Kendall Jenner. That's because it only just. I I mean, how do you do that? Yeah, but. Lots lots to unpack. I was stressed out the whole weekend, uh, but uh, just thoroughly entertained. So thank you Hulu and thank you Netflix (laughs) and thank you all for listening, and thank you Mike and Jordan for coming on. And I'll play you guys out with Dave Chappelle's feelings on Ja Rule. (laughs) And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Stop worshiping celebrities so much. Just don't don't pay attention. I remember right around September 11th, uh, Ja Rule was on MTV. That's what it says.
2: We got Ja Rule on the phone. Let's see what Ja's thoughts are on this tragedy.
1: Who gives a fuck what Ja Rule thinks at a time like this, nigga? This is ridiculous. I don't want to dance. I'm scared to death. some answers that Ja Rule might not have right now. I think when bad shit happens to me, I'll be in the crib like, oh my God, this is terrible. Cause somebody please find Ja Rule, get hold of this motherfucker so I can make sense of all this. Where is
0: Ja? have I know you baby girl, put it on me. Ja <laughs>